Track and Field 2. Forget the gold and go for the endorsement bucks. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And what is the back of that box? So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because that's that's like literally my first talking point is like, I genuinely have no idea what the back of the box is trying to tell us. Uh, because I guess I'm interested in that game, right? A game where you play as an athlete <laughs> yeah. whose main objective is just to make money at any cost and skill is just secondary to how big of a contract they can land. Yeah, but it's not this game. That's definitely not this game. There's no <laughs> there's no management. You represent your country in what we know as the Olympics and and you just you just either win gold medals or you don't. You don't gain money for winning those gold medals. I guess they're just uh they're they're saying you should imagine all of the uh, perspective opportunities for advertising that you would get um, <laughs> had you got in, gotten these gold medals. I feel like they're talking to the wrong market, though. I feel like you know the the kids that are likely buying this game are don't care too much about endorsement deals. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure every I wanted to be a Nike boy. I wanted my own pair of Air Air Shawns. Maybe it's marketed to you. Maybe they should imply that, though. Like, uh, you know, like at the end of the Olympic mode, there should be a thing where it's like, uh, you just signed a major (laughs) contract with insert made up, you know, or just Konami in general. Like, you know, they're the ones that made the game. Like, now you signed a lucrative deal with Konami because you're so good (laughs) at sports. Like, I I would be appreciative uh, or understanding a little more of the back of the box, but I am genuinely confused. (laughs) However, that's not what we're going to focus on. We're going to move on into track and field. Uh, You know, this is track and field 2, TF2, not to be confused with Team Fortress 2, but track and field was an NES game that we played kind of like maybe, I want to say almost 100 episodes ago now, uh, maybe even more. And that was, you know, kind of the same thing as what track and field two is track and field two, of course, you know, bigger, better, better graphics, uh, more, more modes to play and everything like that. But really, really though, what is new? What makes track and field two? Uh, what's the call to attention for you guys? Why all the new games, Mike, (laughs) such as Sean? Well, you got fencing, um, which I don't think we've seen before. Never. Um, you've got archery, which I, think we might have seen but maybe maybe not you got hang gliding like that's that's crazy uh and then you got some other stuff that we've kind of seen in one form or another uh okay but forgive me is hang gliding an olympic event um i well they say in the manual that it's an exhibition uh which means that it's not really graded or, or or a competition it's just like hey look this guy can hang glide isn't that interesting? Um, and then you do that. I guess that's fine. You know, track and field two <laughs> is because track and field was a game too that never really presented itself around the Olympics. So I guess the Olympics conceit here is why I'm questioning things like hang gliding uh, 
or even arm wrestling in the versus mode. There's an arm wrestling uh, mode. Uh, you know, sure, like these things could be Olympic sports one day for all we know. So maybe Konami's just thinking ahead of the time. But, Joe, is there anything else that makes this, like, more enticing than just, like, track and field but with more mini games? I mean, I think that it seems like the intent was to make it a little more robust, at least as far as the controls and, and um you know, the the graphics and just the, the overall presentation. Uh, and I think, it, like, some extent, it. I want to say it succeeded. I'll admit that I did not go back and play the original track and field. So there's some, some not all, but some of these uh, events surprised me with, like, being, a, like, being more... They're, they're more know, involved more contro- than... Yeah, more involved and more... Um, I don't know, doable, I guess, some of them, than, yeah. than I remember other games like this. I can't remember if I'm specifically thinking of track and field, but other games like this that we've had with, like, several sporting Yeah, like, world games package. and, and yeah. you know, the original track and field. Like, but the one thing that I associate with these is that they're all some variation on hit a button really fast to uh, accumulate, like, uh, speed or stamina, um, and that sort of like is the the main conceit of the game where as that still exists in track and field too but like some of them like canoeing like there's actual like navigation and um it's not just a button masher in that sense and uh there's a little bit more to these games than in previous sporting competition nes games yeah well one thing i i remember from the original track and field is that was that was a game that felt very polished to me if if not just you know maybe too basic um and again that has to go to you know the the controls being limited at the time i do think the solve here in dragonfield 2 uh you know to to make the button inputs a little more like involved you know i think i look at like even triple jump right in triple jump that could just be a thing where you just like tap the a button really fast and then press up on the d-pad to jump and then jump again and then jump again but they managed to make it like you know a a little more um there's a lot there's a lot more that you're required to do to land these things without fouling or without breaking your momentum and i think like these kinds of games need something like that right they need to be a little more involved because there's only two buttons on this controller so you gotta thread the needle between being like too easy and it doesn't even matter to like go back and replay it or you know being too hard and then it's like figure skating uh on winter games where it's like (laughs) i don't even know if i'm actually doing anything like no matter what i do she falls on the ice you know it's like this game manages to make each one of these mini games something that is like a completely different challenge from the ones before it even the way they space them out in the olympic mode right you're not you're not just like doing all the running events at once and then all of the uh shooting events at once like they they do space it out nicely and it makes for um you know it makes it like okay to do poorly in like a particular event and then make up for it in the next one and there's something exciting about that where you know you're not out of it if you if you don't do something a hundred percent, you can you can come back like oh I I messed up my triple jump, but now I'm going into freestyle swimming and I feel better about that. You know I'm not saying that that's true, but that could happen in this kind of game. And so I think the the constant 
requiredness of just, you know, your your ability to react to the new games as you're learning them, but then even going back to them. It's like you have to reset your brain each time and try these new games that it doesn't feel so much like a bunch of separate mini games, but more like one giant Olympic contest. Yeah, and there's also the like the element of, you know, trying to translate trying to translate something that in real life I imagine is very difficult like the triple jump in in the Olympics it would you know be very tough to do that to a to a control pad with six buttons like it's almost inherently going to be easy on the NES so like you need to add in those little like those little like complicated uh like rules to it that that you were talking about a minute ago to kind of make it feel feel more challenging and, and give you like a reason to to have to practice to improve. And I feel like most of the games are like that. Like none of them are just like like I don't think any of them are super, super counterintuitive to a point where it's a negative, but none of them are like so intuitive that you would think like the way you would think of other NES games. Like you get into the canoe and it's not like, okay, A is to go forward and you press left and you turn left and you press right and you turn right. There's like more to it than that because actual canoeing is not that easy you know what i mean so it gives you a reason to like have to practice each event i think that the one thing that that makes it a little different is that if you're in the olympics you're not doing every single one of these events so so if you want to do well at this game you need to practice you know what like 16 events and, and get good at them which probably would take some time but uh but they yeah you really you really do need to practice because like you, you you mentioned mike that like none of them are too easy but but also none of them are too hard i'd say that while the the concepts you're you're trying to grasp in any of these aren't all that hard some of them are incredibly difficult just from like that button mashing that i mentioned earlier like the 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 speed at which you have to button mash it in some of these modes is kind of ridiculous and uh you will like sort of if you're playing the olympic mode or the career mode where it goes it goes through them in order and you and you don't do well enough in like the triple jump, like you have to you have to start over like from the beginning. Um, so it's not really that. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's very forgiving in that sense. Well, that being said, it does have like a practice mode where you're basically playing the same thing. Uh, it's not. It's just not like a sudden death situation. Um, and you should probably pra- use the practice mode quite a lot if you're trying to be good at this game. But uh, a, a lot of it requires some obscene finger speed that might break some controllers, I think, or might have in uh, when when this game was popular. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about that power meter uh, that's built into this game. I, I've never really met anything like it uh, since, you know, even in Mario Party games, there's nothing where like you tap the A button as fast as I think. I think I'm a pretty fast tapper. I never saw this thing go to a full bar. And I'm wondering, like, is that by design? Is that supposed to be that, like, you you can't max out this power bar? Did you guys have any luck at maxing out that power bar? And did you find that maybe a little effective that it had this, like, threshold that, like, even though you're going so fast, you still see that you're not using all-out power? Was that an effective um, measurement for you as you're playing the games? Well, uh, yeah, I will say that I, I was, I would be impressed with myself if I got it even close to like three quarters of the way to the end. Like, it, it, I, I'm not even sure I ever got it to three quarters, but like, definitely never got past that, and definitely never. Well, I should say in most of the events, I think there was one or two events where I was able to fill up that bar. I think, um, 
I think uh, the hammer throw, which you're not just rapidly pressing one button, you're pressing like four buttons in consecutive order. That one I got closer, but for the most part, it was like really, really difficult. Um, and I, it does make you feel like you can always go faster. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was by design that it's like, maybe maybe not even that it's like coded in there to be like impossible for it to get to the end, but maybe it's like actually just physically impossible to, to hit <laughs> the button enough times a second to get it to go to the end. Yeah, I think you definitely need a turbo to, to do that consistently. Um, and uh, w- one thing that I'll say right off the bat is that the the power meter or like just the um how fast you because it isn't the same sort of stamina thing um as it is in some other modes but um the the freestyle swimming i when i was playing the sort of career mode like that's where i had to tap out and move over to practice because i could not for the life of me uh qualify for that mode uh, because of just like the in intense amount of button mashing you have to do uh it's it was it was insane <laughs> yeah you're not alone there i couldn't even come close in the freestyle swimming i mean yeah. the guy would lap me every time the, the opponent i did get to a point where he would like i was competing with the opponent i won like i i beat him twice and it was still it was still slower than the qualification it was it, i don't know what it wanted me to do beat him by a by a lap <laughs> <laughs> there's something i'm sure i'm sure you've done this too if you beat the the computer though um when you enter the pool from the uh you know from the gun going off you can choose which kind of um swim style you want to do and i believe you have a choice between the um freestyle and the is it butterfly is that what it yeah, is Yeah, there's butterfly and then i don't know if it's freestyle but it's a it's the more standard like what you think of when you think of swimming um, oh right okay yeah 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 um, and, i don't know yeah. what that's called to be honest I, f- I forgot it's in the manual but yeah the one is faster but it depletes your oxygen faster as well so you have to have more careful timing with that and it didn't seem to matter like which one i use like if you because if you use the butterfly you're really playing with fire because you can just run out of breath and you, if you run out of breath once you've lost so uh it, there was a, it's a very tough unforgiving mode right which is weird to go up against uh you know something like that where you have before that you had fencing and triple jump that i'm not saying they were easy you know like fencing is something that theoretically like if you're not if you're just pushing buttons and spamming attacks like i'm i'm certain that the computer could take you down you'd have to think about it a little bit and with the triple jump it's not easy to uh you know, jump super far, but the qualifiers aren't like so ridiculous yeah. that you don't you can make do it, it through. Yes. Yeah. So, so it is weird to have that um, with the swimming requirement. But I think for the most part, you know, even if you just, even if you only played through each event, like it, just, you know, thinking about today's and like how much time we have and stuff like that, if you only played these in practice mode and just selected a few of them, right? The ones that you like or the ones that we feel respond well. I, I don't know if, like, all 16 of these have to be perfect for me to consider this, like, a good game. Well, well, here's here's my question. How many of these did you find yourself having a, a great time with or a good time? Like, how many of these did you have, like, genuine fun with? 
I, I'm a little biased here. You know, I did like track and field. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy these these little tests of strength where uh, you have to master the inputs a little bit. I would say that outside of probably the freestyle swimming, high dive, maybe archery, I think the other ones, I, I think I enjoyed them for the most part. Really, archery is actually one of the ones that I that I liked quite a bit. Yeah, I liked That's actually archery. one of the ones that I would say I, I had a lot of fun with. I think I just had problems with the the power meter and rapidly tapping A and, and releasing. Um, I think I just had problem with that for me. Like it was a little more involved than the way that it works for say triple jump. But were you aiming up when when the when the target got further away? You have to aim when, up, when it was getting Mike. further away, yes. No, yeah, yeah. When it was yeah when it was further away, absolutely. It's just also. I couldn't quite tell. Sometimes my arrow looked like it was at least on the, you know, like it was parallel with the final, you know, where with the board, but it just said miss, you know, like it didn't, it didn't connect for whatever reason. And I didn't think that like I could be too far to the left or right. I was wondering if anybody else experienced that. Uh, not that it went over or didn't connect with it. It looked like it almost went through it. And it just said maybe that is you know, a missing on the left felt. or right sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, to to anyone who has not played this game, archery uh, is basically just like lining up an artillery shot, um, <laughs> and that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, that's that's how I would describe it in terms of how it controls. <laughs> yeah, but then you you rapidly have to press A in yeah. order to, in order to pull the the bow back or whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, and like that gives you your power, so it does that same thing where it starts to max out after a while when you can't pull any further. And I think it actually does like a a, per, a good balance of like how difficult it would be to because like I, you know I, I did okay until I it was like the what is it ninety meters was the last one, and that was the one where it was like okay now it's really challenging. Like seventy was giving me some trouble, ninety was really challenging, and that was the last one. So I felt like it was like a pretty good um, like scale of difficulty. Yeah. So which other events would you call out, Joe, that you didn't like? I mean, look, I don't want to go as far to say I didn't like all of these other ones. I mean, some of them I enjoyed while I was doing, but I'm not, like, thinking, like, wow, that was fun. I would like to do it again, you know? It was like, oh, it was cool to kind of learn it, to, ma- to like, master it or not, and then move on. But, like, uh, like all right, Taekwondo. Taekwondo it was cool for a second. Jank. It was cool for a second until I realized I could just kick the hell out of the opponent just over and over again, just no with no consequences at all. Like, if you just hit the kick button, the straight middle kick over and over again, you win. So that that was kind of broken for me. I was getting some um, random trips when I did that. I don't know. Yeah, I think, like, once in a while he would hit me from doing that, but for the most, like, but, like, for every... For every five times I would beat him, he would knock me down. So, like, I would win regardless. Um, I also wasn't sure, like, what qualifies enough of, like, a depletion for them to, for them or you to be knocked down. I felt like I was doing a pretty good job, and then all of a sudden they would connect, like, one hit, and I'd be, like, down. And I don't think you, you have any control over, like, getting back up. Um, I tried rapidly yeah, pressing buttons and stuff sure. like that. I'm not entirely sure. It's one of the it's one of the mini games that seems to have like the least amount of uh, feedback. Like everything else, not not everything else, but uh, most of these games are so systematized that you 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 have like perfect information. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing wrong most of the time. But uh, 
and even in the the other uh, competitive game where you're actually playing against an, an artificial intelligence um, fencing, like it, it's pretty clear when you've been struck. Um, right, right. Whereas with Taekwondo, uh, it's not even just that you've been struck. It's also that you've been struck hard enough to fall. And then it also doesn't really give you any indication of like what, um, what's keeping you from getting back up. Uh, so th- it's just a very, it's, it's a much more foggy game mode than the rest of them. Yeah. It feels like they probably should have put like all of their effort into developing fencing and then not worry about making another game. That's kind of too similar. Cause it feels like they tried to make it different enough and make different, you know, make different like rules to it. And it, and it just didn't end up working, but I'll say real quick that I think that, um, the triple jump, freestyle swimming, high diving, taekwondo, uh, eh, maybe the pole vault, uh, all were not particularly fun for me. Like, like, oh, like a lot of those would be like, oh, it was fun to, for me to like, oh, I figured it out. I got the timing down. And I'm like, well, do, do I really, now I got the timing down. Like, I don't know. Is this fun? And, and for me, those were not, they were either frustrating or, or boring. The other ones were a mix of passable and some that I actually really liked. The pole vault was close for me, Joe. Uh, I I hated that at first. Um, it just takes some time to figure out getting that pole in the exact spot. You know, I, I wish they would have opened up the window on when you can first stick the pole up because I feel like the rest of that, like once you're up there and like how much you bend it and how much you choose to go over it and when you choose to to release, like that's all cool and actually pretty authentic to like the things that matter in pole vaulting. So I, w- I was on board with it. I wish they would have opened up that window a little bit, but once I nailed that timing on when to to put down the pole, I felt pretty good about that particular mode. I felt the same way with the pole vaulting. Once I figured it out, I was like, "Oh, okay, it was satisfying for me to figure it out." Now I'm like, "Now this makes sense," but like, I just didn't find it like repeatable fun to me. Even once I had figured it out, just the like the button mashing. I, I do wish that that pretty much every game in this in this didn't have to involve button mashing. Like the little a little much like i get it you need to you need that skill but like that button mashing like honestly kind of kind of wears me down after a while i'm like I'm, I'm sick of button mashing yeah i think like in terms of the button mashing if they just change it to like i don't know like a rhythm kind of thing like you had to you had to still have some precision and still have some speed in how you were like repeatedly repeatedly hitting a button but maybe you have to hit it in, in the like the right rhythm so that like each time you hit that consecutively, you get a bit more power so that it's not just brute strength uh, or who has a turbo button <laughs> that can actually do these things. And it would, I think, it would be more interesting if it was like that instead of just going. Right. Yeah, I feel like right. a lot of these button mashing games probably benefit more from, um, you know. The uh, what's that called? The the NES controller that looks like an arcade controller. Um, the advantage, the NES advantage. Like if you had mm. that, I feel like almost all of these modes. Even think about fencing or taekwondo. Like I feel like they would benefit from it too. There's something about at least what I do with a controller when I'm doing these mashing games about laying it down, you know, and and having more control over mashing the buttons than just using your particular thumb. Like being able to strike with your index just feels good. But then the D-pad doesn't feel as good, so that's why the advantage probably would have came into uh, a little more use there because then you have more control also over 
the the D-pad inputs, which for something like hammer throw would have went a long way, right? I mean, spinning around in a circle on the D-pad to to get your character winding up and and being prepared to release the hammer would have been great with an analog stick. Yeah, yeah, I actually switched to a PlayStation controller and used the analog stick, and then it was much, much, much easier. <laughs> I had to put all the uh, inputs for the D-pad on, into the analog stick. You were just emulating an NES Advantage, that's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but let's talk for a second. Let's get away from the breaking down the individual games here. I, I feel like this is presentationally and and specifically graphically one of the best looking nes games we've ever seen yeah i'd say i i really like the look of some of these games i I don't know about like best ever um maybe in terms of like uh the detail of uh the characters in it it, then then yeah you're right that these are pretty well done um but uh yeah especially the uh the this this rubber not rubber what's the thing that you're shooting the clay, clay pigeons. pigeons uh that that game or that mini game like was probably the best looking uh it had like some parallax action going when you're moving left and right uh, there there was a sense of depth with um even your reticle as it was moving around i really liked the look of that one yeah and that was a fun one too that that you yeah. know you, Anything that anything that makes me think of Duck Hunt is always fun. So. <laughs> and one where using the D-pad to to be your, you know, like your zapper in that particular it wasn't weird. Right. And I think that was in the original track and field, wasn't it? Something similar that we yes. didn't hate also? I, I believe so. So tried and true. Uh, you know, what's funny, though, is there is another um, gun game in this. I think it's only uh, it's only a <laughs> bonus event. But uh, that one lets you use the controller just like how you can use it for the clay pigeon shooting. But it also lets you use the NES zapper if you have one plugged in. And I wonder why – and maybe maybe it does. I just didn't check it out because the manual didn't mention it. I wonder why they didn't also make it possible for clay pigeon shooting to also have the uh, the zapper be compatible. Huh. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a nice a nice touch. Uh, and I will also say about the uh, the gun firing little bonus game. I'm pretty sure this is not an Olympic sport in which you're just like on the streets of New York and a bunch of like shady looking criminal people come out with guns and you actually shoot them. There's like an open trunk of a car in the background. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were thinking <laughs> with some of these uh, exhibitions and bonus modes, but you know what? They're fun and they're harmless, right? Uh, at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it's fun. Konami just just tapping into their silliness a little bit. Going back to presentation for a moment, you know, like. You know, it's great that we highlighted some of the, you know, the graphical prowess of it. And it is weird that, you know, certain mini games have like maybe more detail or um, look better than other ones. But humans do look really good in this one. And it is funny. I know you guys said you didn't go back to track and field. But if you do go back and just even put like two screenshots side by side, <laughs> the, you would think they were on different consoles. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, just so rushed, I guess, to to get that onto the NES, and now they had time with track and field too. It's it really is it really does make the NES seem more capable in terms of what it can do uh, against, I guess, like you know the the Sega Genesis is now um, coming out in late eight, 1989, so maybe 
maybe like now graphics are on people's minds because Sega's advertising 16-bit. But even just even just like the idea of like your plane pulling up and every and like the the details of that and the the jumbotron with the um, opening ceremony and you see the faces as they're like yeah. on the parade the the typewriter that types up your results i mean i know <laughs> that like it's just text for the most part but that typewriter is beautiful. I'd play a typewriter <laughs> game on the NES if it looked like that. You know, I take it back. I I, I kind of like doubted you when you were saying that this is one of the the better looking games we played. You're, you're right. Uh, the, but looking at like even on the Jumbotron, you get um each of your. I don't know if it's like unique to. I know that you're playing as a different person in each game. Uh, but is it this? Is it a different portrait? Also, depending on like your nationality, like it, it that all of those different portraits are really cool looking too, with like the um, limited color space that they have. Um, they're very dramatic looking. Yes, and it highlights like the name of your, you know, like the United States fencer. You yeah, know? like each each one has like its own individual identity too, which like even though it doesn't mean much, right? I don't think the country you choose. Uh, performs better at events that maybe they historically performed uh, well at. That would have been interesting to add like another layer of depth. I don't know if we needed that, given how many, how much of the game relies on like how good you are at putting in inputs. I don't think we needed any like additional skill barriers, depending on which country you pick to be added. But you bring up a good point, Sean. Of like, there is some form of identity, even if it is just being able to choose a country. Remember, you weren't able to do that in the original track and field. So having choice over over a good amount of, of countries, but also being able to like see them in the opening ceremony and and um, and follow that through a cor- uh, across the, um, I think it's eight days of the Olympics. I don't remember how many days it is. But um, seeing that across, it, it feels a little bigger of, of an adventure. Yeah. But I think, I think you didn't notice the graphics because it's not something that you can really pay attention to in this game. You're spending so much time putting in inputs and looking at the manual to make sure you remember how to do the mini games, and then you're doing them. I don't think there's enough time to soak in, say, the 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 background uh, of the like Taekwondo action and watching <laughs> people in the audience, right? In the audience, we're used to just seeing little heads, uh, maybe different dots if we're lucky sometimes. This one has, like, you know... Uh, people of different, you know, different colors and different, uh, different outfits. And uh, one guy I think is like either selling popcorn or carrying <laughs> popcorn. It's like, you know, like that, I like these little touches. Yeah, they're they're yeah, very they got nice. The, the crowd that has like the USA signs, which like it took me a second to realize what was going on. But yeah, they're all holding it. Yeah, each- I thought it was sort of glitching out. <laughs> me too, me too. But it's it's just people holding uh, signs that spell out USA in good old USA purple. <laughs> I know we kind of got away from um, the, the the negativity, uh, but I kind of want to go back to the negativity again um, because uh, I think that the uh, the high dive um, is probably one of the least impressive. Uh, Things that you can like, it, it, nothing that you do on the high dive looks particularly graceful at all. It it looks like you're just sort of spasming out, um, and and it's sort of like the, the actual method of play isn't too far away from like that wrestling game where you have to like 
select a move in like a turn-based mode and it, it just seemed really really uh janky to me I, I don't know what you guys thoughts were on the high dive yeah i mean i hated that one that was that was like the same uh feeling i had about it too where it just it's too complicated yeah i can read the manual and it tells me what to do but it's like a lot to remember and a lot to do all at once and like none of it really looks cool or like the feedback is not very clear. And it looks like you're always belly flopping as you go in. Yes. I have no idea how to line up. I was looking for a way. Yeah. Is there a way to like enter the, the water nicely? And I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was, if, if that yes, was even there, possible. There is a way. There is a way to enter the water nicely. And, and to be fair, you have to sacrifice some points by the amount of, um, the amount of moves that you do mm-hmm. in the air in order to do that. But keep in mind, the score is based primarily on those two things one the tricks that you do in the air and two your landing so you can't like you can't do either four tricks and try to get a perfect dive but it will affect your score if you do like four whatever tricks and then land in the water with a big splash because they're gonna take those points away from you anyway so the the best circumstance is to do like maybe you know two tricks three if you're lucky and then focus on making sure that you balance yourself out so that you're I don't want to say you're like you won't you won't be a pencil per se but your splash will be noticeably smaller and you'll be rewarded for that I got as high as like 8.8 sometimes so that is something I thought that there was only one like splash effect and it didn't matter like whether you completely flopped or if you got as straight as a pencil it was always going to be this like really angular splash but now you're telling me that you do see it differently. So, cause there were like certain times where I was like not even focusing on moves. I was just trying to land correctly. And it always looked like I was doing the same thing at the end and getting different scores. So uh, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to like the visual cues. Well, I think it's also like, you know, if you can do enough different movements in the air, that also might be worth more points than say, uh, doing something, doing some relatively simple movements, and then just landing, uh, sticking a nice landing. Uh, I, I I couldn't exactly say that I mastered this one because I feel like it just depended on, it depended on like how I took off. You know, it's yeah. almost like if you if you get it right from the start, maybe there's a good chance you're gonna land. But I'll be honest, my scores ranged anywhere from like five point five all the way up to I think I think I got like eight point eight at one point, which felt nice. I was getting um, some fours too, so your your, you know, your so, floor yeah. is better than mine. But it's like you know what I mean? There there is almost a level of like and maybe this is true for divers, like you know that if you didn't have necessarily like a great takeoff, like it's not it's not happening today. Like Yeah. But maybe that's the same thing as what happens in a lot of these performance uh style mini games. Across all of them, too, like not not just track and field, too, but in most of these games where it comes down to a performance or score based thing, it seems like it's almost not clear enough between the judges, what you need to be doing, how much you should be doing and and also the various different types of things you can do. Like, I wish I knew is a tuck worth more than a jackknife like. That would that would help inform, I guess, some of my decisions. I guess it is up to experimenting. Yeah. But since I don't get this perfect every time, there's enough like variability for me not to be sure. No, exactly. And I I think that th- like that isn't really the the crux of the problem I have with the mode. I I do like the sort of ambiguity that comes from uh, having simulated uh, judges 
uh, because you know in real life when you're watching the when you're watching the Olympics, like you, th- that's also a thing. Just like what the hell are they even looking at or seeing differently? So that that's not really my issue with it. I guess it's uh, but it, it, again, it's another one of those mini games that doesn't have as perfect information, uh, at least in terms of like how to like improve uh, a little bit for me. So I don't know. Again, I just feel like each of these games, right, I'm not so certain that they suck. You know, I feel like it's almost up to the person. Like for me, I hated archery, but you guys say, you know, you guys said you had a good time with it. Like, I don't think that means that it's one way or the other. I feel like it just comes down to maybe what what you enjoy or what you don't enjoy about the particular inputs that you're being forced to do in the in the in that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean to that to that point I, mean, I think most of these games like work. So it is just like yeah, what you're what you feel like what you feel is fun, you know, and I and I think it can hit some of those and it could it could miss, but um but yeah, you're right, it could be contingent on the player. Right, which but again, like is really going to break the game though too cuz as Sean mentioned, like freestyle swimming comes up so early that if if you suck at that particular event, which is it's a pretty easy thing to suck at, um, that could hinder your uh, your want to go on and continue and play yeah. uh, a- as time goes on. You know, if there's enough of those, that's almost like what makes this game. It is the game. Just <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. It makes the game for for a particular person, right? It's like some people will say this game was great for X Y Z, and somebody else will say no, it was A B C, and then other people say no, it wasn't great. You know, it's like I feel like there's enough going on here that it's a it's a little more nuanced than just saying this particular mode ruined the entire game. You know, like you, sometimes we have that with um, with other genres, you know, where like, oh, if they just would have changed uh, the 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 way that the character jumps. Right. This would have been a much better game. But because he jumps like a, you know, like in slow motion, it sucks and all the enemies come at you. In this particular game, it's just that it's just a selection of mini games. So at the end of the day, you either like that kind of thing, or you like some of those things, or you don't like any of it. Whoa! If you have had enough of Dragonfield, this is the last one that we're getting on the NES. Um, I'm sure it's not the last Konami sports game. They owe us probably a lot more sports games. <laughs> Did you notice that Konami's coming in pretty hard on like the amount of sports games they're giving us? And uh, I'm, I'm thinking like, are we going to get sports games from Konami? Because uh, I I really don't know when they stop because you know the, a Konami sports game doesn't really ring a bell in, mo- in like the modern age. <laughs> right, right. I don't think of them as yeah. a sports developer, but they gave us uh, Double Dribble, uh, Blades of Steel. I mean, I think it's still the Wild West. You know, everyone's getting their footing. Yeah, everyone everyone's trying everything. But this wouldn't even be Konami's last attempt to track and field. Uh, it wouldn't be until May 31st, 1996, when track and field was released for the PlayStation as international track and field. Wow. Uh, I guess maybe a, a step down from the Olympics, but still like huh. with the world scale of international track and field, not just not just localized <laughs> national track and field. I think they should have done regional track and field. And it's only right. like NCAA in, track and yeah, <laughs> it only is like track and field in like Michigan and uh, Ohio and Illinois. It's like all that. Stuff. Yeah, I think I think they should have just sold like your hometown's high school 
track and field for every hometown. <laughs> All the hometowns. Yeah, every hometown that there is. Where you get the wiki. There's an appeal for international track and field in the sense of like, oh, it's early 3D. Like, I'd really like to see their take on like how to do these track and field mini games in early 3D world, right? Like 1996. Uh, that's not for me. You guys know I hate this early 3D area of like PlayStation <laughs> and 64 games, right? Because I have no taste. But <laughs> like you know, you could say the same thing is happening with these NES games, right? Like to go back and be like, oh, I want to see what early 2D mini games were like. I don't think too many people fit that bill. I don't think too many people are actually wishing for that kind of thing, and they probably hmm. wouldn't try something like Track and Field 2 because of that, right? Like these, the, there are some barriers that no matter how good the games may be there's just not enough there to convince people to go back and try them out i don't know i mean mini games are a, a specific subset of video games that i think like the simplicity of the graphics sort of complements the simplicity of like the game itself i mean like people play like WarioWare titles and uh, the, the, uh of course those are uh, much more uh, uh, c- constrictive in terms of like what you can do in five seconds, but th- those are usually very simple looking as well. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't, I think like with a game like this where it's a, a trying a bit more simulation y and it's not the, the, the most extreme, uh, like popcorn kind of minigame experience, maybe it's not the same, but I think there's an, there's enough similarity there. Yeah, I, I could see a game like akin to this being like a mobile game today and being popular. I mean, obviously, it'd have to be tweaked quite a bit for for mobile, but like something with the same DNA. Like, I think that this kind of thing, you know, I I think if anything, I mean, the most obvious and biggest reason that people don't play this is just because it's on this hardware, this this ancient hardware. Yeah. But but if it were flash games, you know, if some, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the most recent release is new international track and field back when people were just throwing new on everything instead of just saying <laughs> you know instead of just taking the original title and just pretending like it never existed no, you know super. like that would be a not no yeah super but you know what i mean like nowadays you would just get it track and field again and they just would re it'd be like a reboot of the series you know <laughs> that's like the new thing that's in but what used to be in around like the Wii and DS time was just putting new in front of everything. So this was new international track and field, which came out for the Nintendo DS, not made by Konami, but published by them, I guess, because they own the track and field license, which I think would actually be impossible now that I say that out loud. <laughs> um, but whatever, you know, if it's, it's part of their series. The, the thing here is they got rid of the button mashing and everything, you know, that, we, that we're used to. That's out of favor now, because even the PlayStation 1 game still, like, had you mashing buttons to, to mostly perform the events. This one says, now we've got this touchscreen, it's going to be all stylus minigames, baby. Like, everything is, uh, is for stylus motion set to the rhythm of your character across 24 different events. We thought Dragonfield 2 had a lot. Uh, new International Dragonfield brings 24, but a lot of them don't seem that much different i guess they just have like more long you know like different like they have the 100 meter sprint and then the 400 meter so it's like it's kind of the same thing like just longer distance uh the long jump and the triple jump it's like okay one's one jump one's three jumps but sure (laughs) 
Like, let's count those as different games. Let's break out the Wii, baby. Sean, would you appreciate uh, a chance at like using a stylus to to do these games instead of button mashing? You you had some complaints about the button mashing. I mean, I would I would attempt that game. I would I would play around with it and see what um what it feels like. I mean, I I kind of think that some other kind of input is necessary. Like if you play a golf game, like you're not button mashing to try and get a longer drive. So, uh. I'd like to see a different rendition of like how to uh, how to like conceive power in a game. But would it ruin it for you if I told you that every character in the game is like chibi style with big heads? Oh yeah, buttons? totally. Yeah. So then, yeah, you would not play this. Probably not. Joe, I'm in for a for a stylus stylus or even like Wii mote or or yeah like anything that's not just that same one button mashing. And if two or three of these games were button mashing, and then other ones were stylus, and then other ones you know were were you know like a a golf game type like timer bar that you got to get the you got to get the the line in in between two other lines or whatever. Uh, anything that's going to bring it some more variety, I, I'd welcome. And I don't mind chibi, chibi style. Sean, this just in. Are you ready? Yes. Solid Snake is in new international track and field. So if you ever want to see what Chibi Solid Snake, Snake. Chibi Solid Snake <laughs> is in track and field. Mm. Uh, internet, new, inter- new international track and field. <laughs> and uh, if you ever wanted to know what he'd look like throwing the discus or running the 400 meter. All right. You've resold me on the game. I'll play it. Joe, what did you say? He doesn't do any of that in Metal Gear, the Metal Gear games? No, there's no discus in Metal Gear. Oh. Is there any clay pigeon shooting? (laughs) You can shoot birds. There you go. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Real birds, birds of clay. Have your pick. Birds of prey, birds of clay. Ooh, birds of clay. Time for the essential games list. (laughs) All right, Joe, you kicked off the essential games list, so why don't you go first? What's your vote for track and field two? Okay, I think as far as these these games that we've played that are, you know, several mini sport-based mini games, this is probably my favorite. Uh, and I, don't quote me on that. Maybe if I went back and played them all, I'd remember one that I liked better. But off the top of my head, I can't think of one that I had a better time with than this. But I will say that I think that there's a reason that most games don't have... 16 different control schemes, complex control schemes that you have to memorize or, or look up between every game. Uh, also, this game doesn't even let you pause it between games to look at the manual. So that, that I think, is a major flaw. Like, I don't think that it's necessarily a great idea to have these different complex control schemes have literally, I think, what, I think it's 16 of them for the, for the different games. Um, that just makes it confusing. And if you compare this to something like Wii Sports... Which similar? It's a bunch of mini games, but like that has somewhat intuitive or pretty intuitive controls. And and I think games that are successful that do this kind of thing uh, just go the extra mile to make everything more intuitive, so you don't have to focus on how complex everything is. Um, and I think that just in the end, this is a jack of most trades master of none i won't even call it a jack of all (laughs) trades because i think some of these games do miss the mark so i'm going to say not essential sean yeah i agree um i do this is a very pretty game um and some of the mini games are fun 
But this is just one of those genres that unless something really blows me out of the water in the next several hundred episodes, it's not going to get on the essential games list. Um, So uh, that's it for me. And I'll just wrap this whole thing up by saying that, yeah, it's not going on the essential games list. I think it comes down to, you know, honestly, probably just the controls uh, of the game. Like, I know it sounds like it's like a a giant complaint, but it really could just be that if they would have figured out a system where, like, maybe all running across all the different games was handled the same way and all... uh, you know, all, all all things were maybe a little more uniform so that I wasn't constantly referring back to the manual between games and, and relearning these things um, across the 16 different games. That's a big ask. It's a big ask to, to have that kind of thing. But also there's a little bit of imperfectness to all of the games. So I don't think uh, something that flawed could go into the essential games list. I will move my play it from the original track and field over to track and field two, though. I do feel like track and field two is... Uh, you know, just a, just an improvement in every way over track and field. Uh, that same track and field is still like you know the same simple fun, um, good time for like you know fifteen minutes that this game probably also offers you in the practice mode. So you're you're not losing anything if you like track and field one more than track and field two or track and field two more than track and field one. I think this game just really does put the actual like sequel game to work here and and create something that is an improvement on the predecessor. Good. So yeah, uh, middling. I think we're, we're we're all like in agreement. It's like we played this game, and you can play it. You can. You, you have every you right. You may yes. to play it. You may play this game. You have our blessing. I like that, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Instead of essential games, we should just give people permission to play certain <laughs> games and not others. Right. We're not legally allowed to tell people that they must play <coughs> games. Uh, right. We got into a huge yeah, yeah. a huge yeah. lawsuit over that last time. Um, we're not sponsored by Konami, so why should we tell anybody? In fact, I don't think anybody is sponsored yeah. by Konami anymore, right? They're like delisting games at this point. They're like you're not allowed to have Metal Gear Solid anymore. Yeah, and if you and you know if you want to know which games in the future will be essential and will be play it, you can find all of our scripts on the libraryofbabel.com. You just got to look hard for them. But go on librarybabble.com and, and all, everything we're ever going to say is on there. Everything you're going to say is on there. If you want to know the mm. real results of the Essential Games list, you can, um, you know, Venmo us. That is, you know, like if you tell us which ones you want on there, we take Venmo and we'll just put them on there. It's no secret that every game that's currently on the Essential Games list was bought. Yeah, we are easily right. bribed. Um Anything from $5 to $5,000 is acceptable, even higher, uh, I would say. I would yeah, say, but I would nothing purge. less than $5. No, everything less than yeah. $5 is insulting and take your money elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like most people probably think, like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to, these guys aren't going to, you know, take a bribe, but like, I feel like most people would be surprised to think that it like, takes very little to bribe. I mean, like, any bribe, we're flattered. We will, we'll do whatever you want. Very easily bribed. Yeah. Yeah. So in fact, starting next week, the show won't even be about uh, NES games anymore because we've been paid enough to represent Sega. Yeah. So we're gonna do Genesis games. Um and right. uh, Raycon. Um to to I'm doing a reviews on their earbuds now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me with that one. Everybody, I hope knows that we are joking. Uh, it's all in good fun. We're gonna do baseball stars next week. Uh, more baseball. Who doesn't you know batter up? So I'm ready to swing. Uh, put me in. Coach. Oh, you're, you're a big baseball guy. I didn't know. 
Yeah. Now I know. Put me in, coach. I'm ready Brought to play. Brought to you by Louisville Today, Slugger. Look at Baseball me. Bats. Gotta be center field. <laughs> 